hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 468, and today I'm going to share with you how we recently generated $100,000 in 31 days in our new brand, and I'm going to go through seven steps that allowed us to do this. All right, now let me repeat that. The seven steps are what allowed us to hit $100,000 in revenue in 31 days. And I say 31 days because that was December of this year, 2017. We're in 2018, but it was for last year, 2017, but just like a month ago because we're just in January now. And uh, yeah, it's pretty fresh. And just a little side note, this month in January 2018, we are on track to do just about another $100,000. And we probably would have, we definitely would have, but we ran out of inventory on three different SKUs and actually four different SKUs. And because of that, we've already found out in the, the month is only about halfway through that if we had that inventory, Amazon is telling us that we would have generated an additional $35,000 in revenue if we would have had that inventory, but we didn't. So we are doing what we're doing right now, which is pretty remarkable with three, no, four less SKUs that we had during December. Actually, most of December, we ran out towards the end. All right. So that's what I want to cover with you guys. I kind of want to go and and kind of cover those seven steps because it's pretty clear to me moving forward in 2018 and beyond that these seven steps are pretty much going to stay the same for me depending on you know what business I'm building, but they're pretty much going to stay the same. And I think if you are using this approach, I think you have a much greater chance. But let me just say this and get ready for it. It is going to require a little bit more work. I know, I know, a little bit more work, but it's okay because whenever there's a little bit more work, guess what? Other people don't want to do the work. You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone recently about our email approach and kind of how we build an email list and and we, uh, you know, we we get people that are interested in our market to raise their hand and then we, you know, we promote our products to them eventually and we give them content and we do all that stuff. And right away, the first thing they said was, seems like a lot of work. And I said, well, it can be. But once you get that process kind of built and you get that little machine working, then it kind of is on autopilot in a sense. All you got to do then is really just start driving people to your offer and then building your email list. But all the pages are all built and you know, you're capturing the emails and your emails are being delivered automatically and all that stuff. And if you guys have not seen uh, that uh, process that we follow and that we use, uh, I would definitely, definitely say go check out theamazingseller.com forward slash build list and we'll show you exactly how we're doing that. Now, I did want to mention this before we do get into these seven steps is there's a couple of resources I want to point you to. And if you guys have been following along with this new brand since we started it just about nine months now, but uh, I did a couple of episodes where I kind of went through some of these things that were happening. And the first one is the story of our $6,810 day, and actually in 91 cents. So $6,810 and 91 cents. That was in one day. And that one there was episode 448. So I'm going to link all this up in the show notes. So the show notes to make it easy for you guys can be found at theamazingseller.com 
forward slash 468. All right. And then I'll link everything up there. The other one, uh, the other episode that is, is episode 450. And that one there was zero to 200,000 in eight months. And I wrote roller coaster ride of e-commerce because it is a roller coaster ride. You know, we had months that we did in the beginning, $8,000. And then we had some that did 35,000. Then maybe the following month, because we ran out of inventory, we only did 16,000. You know, but now we've kind of, I think, we've kind of fixed those problems. And uh, we also have more inventory as, or as far as more SKUs. So we've kind of widened the net, if you will. And I think it's going to be harder to do less now uh, than those lower months in the beginning. But that's the ride of e-commerce. That's the roller coaster ride of e-commerce is really being able to kind of go through those dips and those highs and all that stuff. And I mean, the $100,000 month, we did not think that was even going to be possible. We thought with the amount of SKUs that we had, with the you know volume of sales that we thought we were going to have, a lot of predictions here, we thought maybe, maybe, maybe we could do 75,000. And that would be, we would have been doing cartwheels. We would have been doing high fives. We would have been jumping for joy, 75 grand. Well, we hit 75 grand in like the first two and a half weeks, three weeks. And we knew we had a chance at hundred. And it was funny at the very last day of the month, we needed like, I think it was like 110 sales and we had been averaging like 130, 140, but it was getting, it was after, it was after the holiday. It was after Christmas. So, and we were still having those days and, uh, we ended up, uh, we ended up hitting it. We had a, we, I, let me see here. I got the number here in front of me. It was a hundred thousand nine hundred and eighty seven dollars and fifty four cents. All right. And it was four thousand nine hundred and twenty two units. And the average cost, the average sale price was twenty one dollars and twenty five cents. All right. So that's the breakdown. The other thing I want to highlight here is this new brand. We don't have expensive products yet. I'm doing the air quotes, not doing that yet. We are planning on that. We have some things in the work right now or in the works right now that that will give us products uh, in a bundle kind of fashion where we're going to be able to offer stuff for 39 and maybe 49, maybe even 59. All right. So what I love, the reason why I love highlighting that is because a lot of people in our space, they brag about their big numbers, but they're selling a product that is a more expensive product. They have less sales, but the numbers look better and the margins are usually less. So to you guys, it might look like, wow, they they're showing they did, you know, a million five or 2 million, but you're not realizing that they are selling a higher priced item. Their margins are less. So in the end of the day, their net is no more than, than what we just did. And our net right now is running between 40 and 48%, almost 50. We're, we're pushing 50 right now. And we're doing some things to make that happen as well. All right. So I just kind of want to highlight that. I mean, we sold in one month almost 5,000 units at $21 and 25 cents. All right. So that's pretty good. Okay. And the business isn't even a year old. And, you know, this is, you know, again, in the time that people are saying like, ah, you can't do it anymore. You got to get expensive products. It's too competitive, yada, yada, yada. Right. So we went out there and we made it happen. All right. And I'm going to go through what we did and kind of give you guys a little bit of a, a walkthrough of what we did, but then what allowed us to do that hundred thousand in 31 days. All right. So, uh, the other thing I want to do, I want to remind you guys too, is the workshop. I have a new workshop 
that I'm really using this new brand as our case study in a sense to where I'm able to kind of walk you through the five steps, the five phases to really get this thing up and running and have that possibility, that potential of hitting six figures, which I think if you follow that process, you have a really good chance, but there are some things that you need to understand. So in this workshop, it's a new workshop and I'm calling it the five-step process I use to build a six-figure brand from scratch in under five months, because that's true. In our first five months, we hit $100,000 uh, and then we just hit $100,000 in one month. So it's pretty awesome. And also, I'm also talking about selling low competition products. And we're also using Amazon as our launch pad. And I say that because we don't plan on only selling on Amazon. We just are launching our products there. And the reason why is because it's an easier platform because the customers are already there and they handle all of the fulfillment. They handle all of, you know, all of the, you know, refunds. They handle all of the customer service, all of that stuff. You guys know this right? That's why we're so fired up about that, but it's a launch pad. I look at it as Amazon is the launch pad to launch our e-commerce business. Okay. Now, the first thing I want to say here before we get into these seven steps, and I'm going to kind of just walk through these. I made some notes. All right. But we did the work eight months ago in order to hit a hundred thousand dollars in one month. Again, we didn't think that when we started it eight months ago, we knew we had a good chance to do well in fourth quarter. And we'll talk about market and, and, you know, market selection and all that stuff here in a minute, but you got to understand, don't expect to go in this thing and think you're going to start today. And in two months hit a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or, or maybe even $50,000, you know, you have to have little goals, but in the same breath, it's going to become easier once you start to go through the process, but you also build out your product line. And I think that's a big one. Moving into 2018, it's having more than just one product. If you have one product, there's only so much you're going to be able to do with that. And it's risky because you're standing on one leg. And if you run out of inventory, like we just did on four of our SKUs, you'd be out. You'd have no money coming in the door. Well, right now we have uh, four SKUs that are out, which we should be getting two of them in next week, which, which is pretty exciting. You know, we are still doing yesterday at the time that I'm recording this, we had 190 sales, 190 sales that would have never been possible if we would have been banking on the two or three or four different SKUs that we had launched that those were doing well. Actually, there's two of those SKUs that were averaging 25 to 30 sales a day. Now, let me do a little timeout here. You can't see me right now, but I'm actually doing the timeout like if we were on the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what I want to highlight here is when we are building this brand or any brand for that matter, we are not expecting to sell 20 or 30 or 50 sales a day on that one product. Now, if that happens, that's amazing, but we are going after 10 sales per day. That is our goal on any SKU. When we ask ourselves the questions, and I'm going to give you guys some questions to ask yourself and that we asked ourselves and all that, but we're asking ourselves that one thing. Can we sell 10 units per day? Can we make $10 profit on average per unit for that one product? That's what we also call our 10 by 10 by one strategy. That's 10 Dollars profit, 10 sales per day, one product. But you're going to find that you're going to have some products that do 20 
or 30, or maybe different times of the year it does. Maybe yours is more gift giving, and certain times of the year there's a gift that's going to be giving around that time, and your product fits the bill. So guess what? You go from 10 sales to 30. That's that's unexpected, but the only way you're going to be able to have that opportunity is to roll out more SKUs, all right? And that's what we found. So we have some SKUs that they might do five a day, you know, and then we have to reevaluate and go, do we still want to keep that? Are the margins still okay? Are we making at least 10 a day on that or $10 profit per unit on that? If we are, we may keep that. We may keep that inventory. If not, we may liquidate it, which we did on about three of our SKUs. Uh, we would liquidate those and we would get rid of them. And then we would reinvest into a new SKU. All right. So just keep in mind that none of these products we thought were going to sell 20 a day, 50 a day, 100 a day. Like we just had a product uh, that uh, sold over with the, there's two SKUs on it and two different uh, variations. And between those two, we sold over 100 a day. Never, never thought that was even going to happen. Okay. But we have two other products that we're supposed to get back in that we thought we're supposed to get them back in next week. We thought that those products were going to do maybe 10, 10 a day. And they were averaging 25 a day, 25 a day. So that was a nice surprise, right? So anyway, just wanted to kind of highlight that for you guys. We never go in this thing thinking that we're going to go after these very competitive products. All right. And that's why I talk about that in my workshop, you know, the amazing seller.com forward slash workshop. There's the, there's the registration link for it. If you guys want to go attend that, cause I break everything down in there. And I talk a lot about selling low competition products. All right. And that is the five step process that we've used to build this six figure brand, which will soon be a seven figure brand. I can almost guarantee that. All right. So we did the work eight months ago. I think that's worth highlighting. Here are the steps that I'm going to be kind of going through and I'm going to be going through these randomly and then I'll kind of tighten them up and I'll put them in a nice little group for you. All right. So number one, we found a large market. All right. Now, how did we find the large market? Well, we use something we call our touch list. Or once we get through our touch list, we may have a new touch list because we're in the market for something else. And all of a sudden it comes across, uh, you know, our, our mind or it comes across our desk or it comes across, you know, our vehicle. I was shopping for a Jeep. You guys may know this story. And I share the whole story inside of our workshop where I was looking for a Jeep, found out about that market. It's a big market. I was like, holy crap, let me go ahead and look, you know, at this market I did. And, and I show it all in the workshop, but just to give you an idea, like that's what I did. So that's a big mark. Okay. So the big market would be just like off-road trucks. And then you can say, well, let me, let me find a sub niche in that market. That would be the Jeep, or maybe it's automotive and you go automotive. And then we go Jeep. All right. And then we go from the Jeep. We can even go a little bit deeper and we can go okay, there's all kinds of Jeeps. There's some people that just want to, you know, they kind of want to make their, their Jeeps all customized. They don't want to get them dirty, but then you got some people that are Jeep, you know, owners that all they want to do is off-road, right? And the muddier, the better, right? So that's another niche inside of that one main niche, okay? Or niche, depending on where, where you're, you're from. If you're from Canada, I think it's niche. Uh, if it's from the States, it's usually niche. Uh, but anyway, you get what I'm saying, right? We're just subbing, we're, we're finding a sub market. Okay. So we're, we're just, we're digging down. Another example is kayaks. We recently just did this randomly where we were on a, a call for our private label classroom, one of our private hangouts. And we were going over an example and Chris and I started digging through, um, you know, fishing. Uh, or I'm sorry, kayak. And when we were going through kayak, we seen fishing came up and I'm like fishing out of a kayak. That's 
kind of different. Never thought that. And so people actually fish out of a kayak. They make a special boat. They make all these different accessories, but go even one level deeper. There's, there's kayak bass fishing. All right. Kayak bass fishing. Yes. So now there's a whole other market there that we can tap into. And then what I did is I went and dug into Facebook groups. I go into Facebook groups. Is there already a group out there? And this is kind of like step two. I start looking at the Facebook groups. I start looking at YouTube channels. Are there people out there building these little communities, these little mini communities? Some of them are big, but let's call them mini. If they're 20,000, that's a mini one. If they're large, they could be 500,000, right? So we look and see on Facebook to see if there's actually a market outside of just Amazon selling products, right? So we, we go there, we look at YouTube channels. And again, these could be, be also people that we reach out to in the future to be able to do a launch with us. All right. So there's all of that stuff. So again, we found a Facebook group and YouTube channels and all that stuff. And that kind of validates that there's a market there and actually people care. Okay. And I think that's a big one. Do people, do people care? about this market. And that'll tell you if they do. The other cool thing is, is then you can start to kind of listen in on the conversations. You can also see the content that's being created. So if you went to the YouTube channel and there was kayak bass fishing, you'd see what people are posting and what that audience is into. There might be reviews about certain products that is serving that market. So all of those things, but you can see here, I started with finding the market, finding a sub niche or a sub sub niche in that market. And then I went to Facebook and then I start to look and see if there's groups, if there's communities, YouTube channels, all of that stuff, maybe even Instagram. All right. And I start looking at stuff and that validates that there's a market there and people actually care. Now, some people would say, well, Scott, why don't you just go and just pull up a tool and just start finding products that are selling currently right now. If you do that, I still think that you should find the product that you see that has sales and then you can go back and start going through this process. I prefer the other way around because then I'm not looking at all of the same things that everyone else is looking at. I like to do it the more natural, organic way. Because here's the thing. If I'm going to do the work, if I'm going to to do the work to build this brand, all right, I want to make sure that I'm creating assets inside of that brand. Email list, which we'll talk about here in a second. I want to have other assets, maybe my own Facebook community, maybe my own YouTube channel. Like I want those to be assets. And I'll talk to you in a little bit here when we move a little bit further this through this list, you know, that's assets for me. And if I ever wanted to potentially sell, that would become a strong asset. All right. So again, I'm kind of just moving through this as I've kind of made notes here. Um, okay. So the next thing is, is building that email list. All right. Now we did this even before we launched. Now, I told you guys, like I'm talking about how we were able to do $100,000 in one month, in 31 days. All of this stuff that I'm talking about is really the work that we did to get to that month. All right. So we did the work eight months ago to have this month. All right. And we're continuing to reap the rewards of that work because even this month after fourth quarter is long gone and people are saying, oh, my sales have kind of dried up, you know, no one's buying fidget spinners anymore and no one's buying this little trinket or whatever. We're saying our sales are strong, actually a little bit stronger right now, even with missing SKUs. All right. Because we thought it through, we planned. All right. We, we knew that if we had more products that serve this market, we were able to differentiate, which we'll talk that about that here in a second too. So building that email list, even before we launched 
That was critical for us because we knew that we could build that email list and we could potentially launch with sales right out of the gate. And that's exactly what happened. We did it numerous times. Every single product that we launch, we go through this launch process with our email list that we built going through exactly what we talk about in that list building workshop. Again, I'll throw the link out there, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. That's a different one than the last workshop I just gave you. The other workshop is more of like the overall, like what we did. The list building one is really focused on how we built that list, why we built that list, how we communicate with that list and all of that stuff. Because what we're doing is we're building a list of people inside that market that are raising their hands. And we did it before we even had a product. And you would say, well, how do you do that? You find something that's related to that market. So if we talk about the kayaking example, the bass fishing one, I would come up with a killer bundle for that kayak bass, you know, fishing community. And that might be a kayak. The kayak might be 250 bucks. I might buy a kayak and then I might raffle that off or, you know, do a contest for that. All you got to do is enter your name and email address. Who's raising their hand for that for the most part? people that are into that because I went into those groups. I talked to people in those groups. I did Facebook ads to those, you know, to those people. And then from there, I started building that list. Now I don't have that product built yet, right? I don't have the accessory that's going to bolt on the kayak or the fishing pole, it, you know, extender or whatever it is. I'm, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, but you get what I'm saying, right? Then once I go to launch my product, I can communicate with those people and say, Hey, I know that you're interested in kayak bass fishing. I've got this new, you know, product that fits this kayak to help you, you know, in your next tournament, right? With whatever it is, a fishing pole extender or a fishing pole, uh, you know, holder, or I don't know what, you know, something, uh, an anchor. There's like an anchor thing I seen that they have on there that kind of goes over so you can get it up quick and you can anchor yourself or whatever, a- any of that stuff. You get what I'm saying, right? there's a much greater chance that those people are going to be interested because you just raffled off something that's similar to your, to your product. You know what I mean? So from there, you've got a much greater chance. And that worked every single time that we did it. We were able to get between 150 and 250 sales right out of the gate, generally within the first five to seven days. All right. Every single time. Now, what do you think that does to the algorithm inside of Amazon? It says, People are buying this product. Oh, and by the way, we don't discount the product 90%. We do 30 to 50% about every time. And generally it's usually 30%, but sometimes we've done 50%. Depends on how, how aggressive we want to be. Okay. And so we we haven't, you know, because some people say, well, if you give 90%, you you know, Amazon doesn't treat the sale the same. We don't do that. So it doesn't matter. Okay. And so what we do is we go ahead, we go through that, that kind of like that launch process and we do that over time. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is when you're doing that, we spread that out over, you know, the course of five to seven days, sometimes 10 days. And then that way there, we're getting that slow, steady sales. Here's the other reason why we don't go after products that are selling 50 a day. We don't have to compete with selling 50 a day. We only have to sell 10 a day or 12 a day or 15 a day to start to rank our products. All right. And that's what, that's what we've done. And it's worked really, really well. All right. Um, now we launched five products this exact same way within the first three months in the first three months we did that. Now, guess what happened though? We found out that there was two of the products after we launched, after we did a little bit of pay-per-click, after we felt like we gave it a lot of what we had, they weren't performing well. So guess what we did? We killed those two products. We liquidated them. We got our money back and we moved on. We launched three more and they were variations. They weren't 
their own separate listing product. They were variations of what was already working. So we built on that. And that's another little tip for you guys. If you have a product that could lend itself to a size, to a color, uh, to a shape, you may just want to add that because you already have momentum built on that. And then other people that are coming in, they might buy one, they might buy two, they might buy one instead of the other when they wouldn't have bought any. So that's another great way to add uh, you know, products and SKUs to your product line is by adding variations. And we did that on two different products and it worked really, really well. And the other cool thing is, is if you run out of inventory on the one variation, you don't, your listing doesn't go down. So you don't start to lose all that momentum with your BSR and all that stuff. And another little side note here, man, I just keep going on the side here, don't I? Because there's so many things that I'm thinking as I'm going through this. But let's say that you run out of inventory on one of these SKUs and you have an email list. You can, set, you can say to those people, when you get your inventory back in, we're doing a special this weekend, three-day event. You're gonna, we're going to give 25% off. And now guess what? You instantly start to get sales and you get ranked a lot quicker than you would just kind of wait and let those sales start to come back because you're looking at the history that you, that you sold out on. Okay. So that's another reason why we build that email list. It helps us, you know, even boost sales once we run, you know, out of stock and we get stock back in. All right. And that's actually what we're going to be doing here on these two new SKUs uh, that we get back in stock. Uh, we're going to be doing that exact process. All right. But we have that asset. So it's there. All right. Now, the other thing that we did here is we optimized our listings. And I think it's really important that you understand that when you are doing the work, you need to take the time to have really good pictures, really good title, really good bullets, and make sure you do the keyword research so you can plug them in the back end of your listing. All right. Now, I didn't talk about the description because I think the, the description is really like secondary stuff, but I think it's important. But people, I think... I think you're using that more of a, a way to tell Amazon more information about what you sell more than the customer scrolling down and reading that. That's my opinion. Um, so I would say that's not going to help you necessarily sell more to the customer, but it can help you get ranked for other keywords because now when you uh, when Amazon is scraping your listing, they're seeing that in the description. But I would focus on the title, the bullets, and the back end keywords. That's what, that would be my primary location for those. Um, and then the next question a lot of people ask is, well, how do I get keywords? One easy way is go to Amazon, type in your, you know, kayak bass, and then stop there and see what it fills in for you. And then look down below and see what it's filling in. Those are some of your top keywords. Use those keywords. That's totally free, right? We're using Amazon as our research tool in a sense. Then I would also use tools like scope, uh, if you guys have not used scope and you want to check it out, uh, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash scope. I'm a big fan of it. It's seller labs. That's who created it. They also created ignite. Um, I'm a big fan of those guys. And if you go to that link, I'm sure you'll get a discount of some kind or a deal. Um, so go check that out. Theamazingseller.com forward slash scope. Uh, so go check that out. And again, that is a tool that I use for looking at keywords that I can use from other competitors, other listings, and it will tell me which ones are, are uh, performing better than others, which ones are more relevant, all of that stuff. So definitely go check that out. I am an affiliate for those guys. I do promote their tools because I use them, but I only promote the ones that I use or that I've used in the past that I think are still worth using. And Scope is one of those. So definitely check that out. But that's how I find them. The other way is I go to Keepa. 
uh, keepit.com and I look at the history. So we want to see like what's been happening in the past. So this way here, I can kind of predict a little bit of, you know, like where this may, maybe there's seasonality and maybe I don't want to get into that product. So that's another thing that I'll do. Uh, and then the other thing I'll do is I'll go to Google trends. And if I go to Google trends, that will help me see the history, but it'll also see if it's an upcoming trend. If it's a trend that's dying, it'll also give me keyword ideas inside of there. So that's another way to do that. You can also use a Google planner. Uh, and then there's other free keyword tools out there to give you ideas. Uh, the other paid one that I have that I use occasionally is Merchant Words. Um, but again, all of these tools I don't use as like, these are like, these are keywords that Amazon is definitely saying that I am going to be doing well for. They're just for me to get more ideas. All right. And another great way to get keyword ideas is start running pay-per-click and do an auto campaign or do a manual campaign on just a broad, uh, a broad term. So it could be like kayak fishing and then let that use or just use that as your broad term. So this way here, Amazon will start to fill in the blanks on the front end and the back end of that or anything close. And then you can look at your report on the back end of your pay-per-click. And then you can start to see real keywords that are being keyed in and you can get a lot of intelligence from that. So that's a whole nother topic, but we do that. Not all that much, to be honest with you. We do it a little bit. We use Ignite for a lot of our stuff and we allow, we, we let that, we allow that to, to really kind of pull in the data and then make those decisions. Um, but that's that. All right. So your opti optimization on your listings is really important because once you start to get your sales, you want to start to rank, right? And that's exactly what we've done here. And I keep going like off a little bit because it's like all of these things that I'm talking about are what we did to get ourselves in line, in place to do a six figure month. All right. So all of this stuff didn't just happen. We had to actually do it. And I'm kind of trying to give you the play by play, if you will, that, that gave us the opportunity to be able to do that. All right. All right. So what we do, and this is another thing that a lot of people don't do, and it was kind of hard for my partner to even understand this. You start to get sales organically. You're selling 50 a day on a, on a product. You're like, holy crap. Like we're selling 50 a day. Awesome. Turn off pay-per-click. Like, no, 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 no. No, we're going to keep that pay-per-click firing. All right. Now I might dial it back a little bit, but I do not want to give up that placement. I do not want to give up that real estate at all. And I also want to be the strong player in pay-per-click. Um, I don't know if Amazon gives us any extra credit, but all I know is just the other day, I looked at our pay-per-click and it was, it was kind of silly because we did like, we spent like a hundred and a hundred and sixty dollars, hundred and seventy dollars for the entire day. All right. And we did that day over, I believe it was like $4,000 in sales. So I said to my partner, I go, I'll trade $160 for, you know, $4,000 in sales all day, every day. Now my ACOS, my ACOS was really good. I think we were below 16%, which was awesome. Uh, but those are campaigns too that have been worked. They've been refined. They weren't always that good. I had a couple that were, I had to kill a couple of them. A couple of them were like 110, 115. I couldn't get them to work. So I just killed them. Um, but you know, sometimes you have to do that, but then you're going to find some winning campaigns. Those are the ones you're going to want to, you're going to want to spend more on. Um, so continue spending on pay-per-click even after organic sales happen. Now that, that doesn't mean you're going to keep spending aggressively like you're launching because when you're launching, you might want to dial that up. Uh, but even after the organic sales are there, we continue to run pay-per-click 
all the time, okay? Just all the time. And to me, that is just going to help us get rooted into Amazon's algorithm and it's going to get us more sales, period. And that's what we want. We want to keep getting sales, all right? So again, I want to talk about uh, the bad news of this. And, and, you know, I talk all about like what's happening, what's working and all that stuff. Now, the bad news is, is that we ran out of inventory, okay, on three, on four SKUs. I think it's four SKUs. I'm, I'm lost here. It's actually three SKUs, but two variations on the one. So technically it's four. Okay. So we ran out of inventory and we looked at the inventory reporting that Amazon gives us. And it tells you that if you had that inventory in, you would have made this, or you would have generated this in sales. And ours was just over $35,000 as of right now, which we still got about two and a half weeks left in January from the time that I'm recording this. So that's going to probably increase until we get back in stock, which should be by the end of next, uh, next, I almost said next year, by the end of next week, uh, we should have that. All right. So let me just recap here real quick and also talk a little bit about the difference in 2017 and 2018 and beyond in, in my, in my, you know, opinion, but also from what I've seen and what I believe in. Okay. The difference is this, it's not going to be the same as in 2015, you find something, a fidget spinner type item you sell a whole bunch of them, you ride that wave, and then you go on to the next. Like, it's not going to be like that. Even in 2017, it wasn't that easy, although some people did pretty well on the fidget spinners, but a lot of people also lost their shirt because they bought too much inventory and they got stuck with it, and now you got to get rid of it, all right? So that would be, like, the one thing just to kind of throw out there is, like, when you piggyback off of, like, a trend that you know is going to be really short-term, that's risky. Um, so the difference to me is you need to look at it as you're building a brand that serves a market and you can niche down inside of that market and make yourself different, unique. And to be different or unique doesn't even mean that your product has to be hundred percent like this groundbreaking, like mind blowing product. It could mean that your brand, your personality, the, you know, your content could be better, could be different, could be more educational that people will want to buy your product or it could be your story. If you have a story that you can weave into your brand, definitely, definitely do that. So here is kind of like my little, my little, uh, seven steps, but my, my, uh, my recap kind of like my, my flow chart. Find a big market, okay? But then you need to niche down in that market or niche down in that market, all right? So find a big market and then niche down in that market, all right? Then from there, find Facebook groups, YouTube uh, channels, Instagram, find all of those. So this way here, we can kind of validate that there's a market there talking about our sub-sub niche in this market, in the big market. All right. It's not like, you know, if you find a group on automobiles, well, you're probably going to find ones that are more specific on Mustang lovers, right? I'm a Mustang guy. So I'm going to go and find like classic Mustangs and probably find a whole community out there for that. So see how we went from automotive, which is a massive market. We subbed it down into classic cars. And then we went one step deeper into Ford Mustangs. We could have went with uh, Dodge uh, Challengers, uh, you know, we could have went with those or even just muscle cars in general. Uh, same thing with the Jeep market, right? We, we, we went through that. All right. So find groups and, and markets uh, or sub markets or subgroups inside of that big market. All right. From there, building the email list to me is critical. 
This gives us leverage and actually I'm going to be doing a, an episode here pretty soon talking about Facebook and how they're changing a lot of things. And they've done a lot of changes just like Amazon has, just like Google has, just like YouTube has. These channels are always, always changing their rules. They're changing, you know, their algorithms, all of that stuff. But what's really, really held and, and you know, stayed over the years is email lists and communicating with people through email, all right? And now there's some other advantages that happen with email list building now, like being able to take your email list and upload it to Facebook and do retargeting, you know, campaigns and all of that stuff and lookalike audiences. Like that's still gonna be there, I think, for a while and maybe even new platforms, who knows? But building that email list and communicating with those people is still really, really powerful, really, really powerful. And guess what? You control that. So let's say that Facebook does roll out this new change that they're going to be doing. You can direct people to a piece of content and you can give Facebook maybe what they want and what they need. Maybe they're saying that we want more engagement. We want more comments. So you can send an email out to your list and say, hey, I just posted this new video showing you how to, you know, whatever, use this new thing for your kayak fishing boat. And then you do it and say, hey, you know, do me a favor, comment and let me know like, you know, if you've used one of these and how it's helped your fishing or whatever. So you're, you're starting that conversation. So you're able to push traffic to that channel to give that channel what they want, just like we are with Amazon in a sense. And then from there, their algorithm will pick it up and then start to show your content. So see, we can use it as leverage that way too, not even just sales driven. So there's so much that you can do there with that. All right, moving on, finding low competitive products, I think is key. So many people want to go after the high competitive, you know, like really competitive products because the sales numbers are there more. I still think you can find low competitive products in your sub sub niche or market. And I think you can do really, really well. And I think if you go at it with that 10 by 10 by one strategy, you know, 10 sales a day, $10 profit, one product, uh, I think you can do really well. I really, really do. And then of course, launching it on Amazon like launching the product on Amazon first. Why not? You can get your product to market in front of buyers immediately. Like why not? They take all of the hard work out of it in my eyes. As far as merchant accounts, you don't need that. You don't need uh, support. You don't need someone to handle refunds. You don't need fulfillment. You don't need any of that stuff. You don't need a website. All you gotta do is just use their platform, all right? So launching on Amazon and then using their sponsored product ads, their pay-per-click, all right? Using that to your advantage, getting in front of their buyers. People are on that platform to buy product. You can use Amazon's pay-per-click, their sponsored product ads, to be in front of your audience and your people and your market almost immediately, immediately, all right? And then rinse and repeat and just, and just do it. Now, you might not have to repeat finding the big market and niching down, although I think you could still niche it down once you even establish that market because you may find two sub-markets inside of that one main market. So again, the kayak fishing. You might have kayak fishing for bass and kayak fishing for trout. I don't know. I'm throwing that out there. Probably doesn't exist, but you get what I'm saying, right? Same thing with the Jeep. You might find the Jeep market. You have Jeep Wranglers and the Jeep Wrangler market might be one of them is just customization, making theirs, you know, like really pimping out their, their, uh, you know, their ride, making it really nice and everything is perfect. And you have another one that's all about mudding, all off-roaders. So you have two different sub-markets inside of the same market that you could serve. And we're actually doing that right now in the new brand that we have found another market that we could take a lot of our existing products, just modify them a little bit, tweak them a little bit, 
and make them, you know, uh, you know, adapt to another market that is really close to our market. So again, that's kind of how we're going to do it. So you're kind of, you're kind of doing that. You're finding another sub market inside the big market. Uh, but then from there you just rinse and repeat. All right. You just rinse and repeat. So find a big market, niche down, find groups out there, build an email list, find low competitive products, launch on Amazon, use Amazon sponsored product ads, the pay per click, and then rinse and repeat. All right. That is it. That is what we've done and we can, we're going to continue to do. All right. Now, some people want to know, Scott, what is that product criteria that you look at? And I wanted to kind of throw that out there because I know that's a big question a lot of people ask for. So I'm just going to kind of run through here. I made a little list, a little checklist in a sense. But number one, I want to find a product. Once I find the market and the submarket and all that stuff, I want to find the product that is being searched for. A lot of people don't think of this. They go, I, I've got a product I know is going to do well, but it's not really being searched for. So if you're expecting to have a product that you think that people will stumble across, wrong attitude. You got to figure out if a product is being searched for. And the way you do that is you find similar products or even a product that is really close to yours that you're going to modify. And then you can look and validate that the sales are there. The sales I'm talking about are, like I said, 10, 15 a day. That's what I'm looking at. 20 to $50 is another, is another, uh, kind of criteria point that I look at. I want to have a product that sells between 12 and $50 in retail, uh, again, but then I want to source it for the right price as well. You know, like I said, if I'm selling a product for 20, the max that I'm going to pay for that is five, you know, landed all the way into Amazon. Like that's, that's high. Actually, I'd like it four ish. Um, and then 200 reviews or less, again, that goes into your competition. That goes into how competitive it's going to be. I don't want to play the review game. We have products that we've launched with zero reviews. All right. And then from there, we've turned on pay-per-click and we've gotten sales because our products that we're competing with have 50 reviews or 75 or 150. They're not driven by the reviews. All right. I talked about 10 sales per day, but consistently, I want to stress that they need to be consistently there selling 10 per day. And the other thing I want to do is look at the listing and see if it's flawed. Is the listing flawed? And what I mean by that is, is the, is the title not good? Is the, are the pictures not good? Uh, you know, and, and they're still selling. So the cool thing is, is if they're still selling 10 a day and their pictures are flawed or their title is flawed or their bullets are flawed, that's a good thing for you. That means that people don't really care about that stuff. And if you do a better job, there's a good chance you're going to be able to sell. All right. Um, so that's where I kind of get into kind of the optimization as, as far as are they under optimized? And then the other thing is differentiating. How do you differentiate? You look at the bad reviews of your competitors. All right. Or similar products. See what people are saying. See how you can make yours better. I used an example in our workshop where uh, there was these little uh, these little plates that went on the back of your taillights of a Jeep. They were kind of like gr uh, grills that go over top of it. They're, they're steel and they have screws that attach. Well, people were complaining that the screws were rusting and they thought that it was really a great product, but the screws were terrible. So what's the easy thing I could do? Get some better screws, right? And then now my screws are going to be better. I'm not going to get negative reviews. They're, they're going to have negative reviews. I'm not. So that's one simple little tweak, new screws, like screws that don't rust. Like that's it. All right. Uh, okay, so that's kind of like the product criteria stuff. And then the last thing is, is looking at the history, and I mentioned this briefly, but you want to look at Keepa.com or CamelCamelCamel.com, Google Trends, look at all that stuff and see how the sales have been over, I would say at least, at least four to six months, but preferably longer, a year, two years. 
And this will give you a good idea on their BSR over time, their pricing over time, you know, because sometimes you'll see it starts out really good and it's priced at $20, but then over the years they had to lower the price to $10. That's not good. We don't want that. Um, so that'll help you uh, not make that mistake and see that before you actually go in with that product. All right. And then the last thing really is just don't overcomplicate this process. It doesn't have to be complicated. This is actually everything that we did to a T to get ourselves in place to be able to have that $100,000 month, all right? If we didn't go through this process, we might have had 50% of those sales or maybe even 25% of those sales. I don't know. All I know is we followed this process. We're going to continue to follow this process. And even after fourth quarter in January of 2018, right now, we are on track to do close to another six-figure month might fall short because we're out of inventory. We might hit 90,000. I don't know, but we didn't think we were going to be there after fourth quarter as much as we are right now. But guess what? We got in the game. We got in the game. We didn't have this idea of this product. We didn't use a tool, number one, to help us find this product. Now, what we did use the tools for is to validate, but then to also look through and make our process as far as going through the numbers quicker. So you guys know I'm a big, big fan of Greg Mercer and Jungle Scout. So the one tool that I think everyone should have in their tool bag is Jungle Scout, the web, or I'm sorry, the Chrome extension. The web app is great for tracking. All right. For me, I look, I use the web app as a tracking uh, tool, but the one that you must, must have is uh, the Chrome extension. Okay. The Chrome extension goes into Chrome. That's the one I think you definitely have to have. It speeds up the process so fast. Um, and, uh, and it just gives you all that data that you need. That's what we use. And that's what I do every single time I hit jungle scout. As soon as I see a product or I think a product and I see if it's going to be something that I can, uh, that I can sell uh, using all of the, you know, the, the data that it's pulling in for me. Uh, if you guys have not checked out Jungle Scout yet, you can definitely check it out and get a discount by using my link. And you guys know that I am a promoter and an affiliate of Jungle Scout. Great, you know, great product. Greg's a great guy, great friend of mine as well. But you can head to theamazingseller.com forward slash JS and you can get that discount and some other additional resources. And uh, just know that you will buy me a cup of coffee if you do go through that link. And I appreciate it. And by the way, I do have coffee sitting here right now. And I appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, love my coffee. All right. So just don't overcomplicate the process, like I said. And, uh, you know, there's nothing secret here, guys. I'm giving you everything, the play-by-play. If you want more of a visual, then I would say go to the workshop at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and I'll walk you through everything that we did to launch that brand from scratch. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. The show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 468, and you're probably definitely going to want to go there because there are a lot, and they're good. So I would definitely, definitely do that. Uh, the workshop, theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and you can get uh, you can get registered there, and we'll walk you through that entire process step by step, and kind of give you that little case study of us building the six figure brand. All right, so guys, that's it. That's gonna wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.